All right. Hey, everybody. Well, this was a good episode to do. This was a lot of fun. It's, it's pretty rare that you get to talk to somebody who's on the same wavelength as you, really on the same wavelength. Somebody that is a mindful, spiritual, centered person who also I, understands the ideas of liberty, you know, the, the principles of, of liberty, and more specifically, you know, anarcho-capitalism, uh, voluntarism. And, you know, the, we talk about all these terms and these titles and everything, and sometimes they can get confusing, a little bit confusing, and sometimes things can mean not, you know, they take on different kinds of meanings, or they they get hijacked, and they don't really mean what they mean. And I think a lot of people, if they're not familiar with libertarian philosophy, libertarian thought, and haven't really gone down the um, the path of, of exploring lots of different kinds of literature, the first thing that a lot of people hear when they hear the word libertarian is maybe the Koch brothers or, you know, Peter Thiel or, you know, oh yeah, you know, some Silicon Valley techno-libertarian utopiists kind of people or something like that. I, I don't know, you know, or, you know, Probably Gary Johnson is another name, and that and that's one of the reasons why I was so against Gary Johnson. It's not because, uh, because I'm I'm not a libertarian. It's because he's not a libertarian, you know, because he tarnished the name. But Derek Bros is the guest today, and Derek is uh, phenomenal. Derek is one of the kinds of people that really practices what he preaches. And this is a really good conversation. I learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot from Derek. And he's planning a tour that's coming up soon. It's called the Decentralize Your Life Tour. Um, all around the country. I mean, I couldn't, like, just listen to the name of that. Decentralize Your Life Tour. I mean, that just sounds... Who wouldn't want to go to that? I mean, there's so much centralized power in all of our lives. You know, there's so many people that are dictating rules to all of us free individuals who would like to live in a certain particular way as long as we're not, you know, causing harm to anybody else and we should be free to do that. And I think one of the ways in which we become free to do that is by decentralizing our lives. You know, investing more time in in self-reliance and promoting the ideas of freedom and liberty and and having a real practical approach to these kinds of things by not participating in the larger scope of activities that the general kind of mainstream tries to shell out to us and uh, and get us to kind of bite bite at what they're feeding, you know, bite at their at their game and 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 then you know buy into their game. And we talk about all this kind all these kinds of things in this episode. And you know, Derek has uh, written three books, uh, co-authored uh, three books, and uh, and he's contributed a lot of writing to anti media. And of course, his own website, The Conscious Resistance. And he's come up with this brilliant idea of freedom cells and just all these innovative, pioneering ways to be an activist and live the life of decentralization and, uh, you know, withdrawing from centralized power, withdrawing from state controlled and monopoly power from, you know, big agra, big pharma, big government, you know being more local and being more free and living a, a, a different kind of life, a life on your terms, a life on our terms, a life that serves us as individuals and the people in our community, a life that where we can you know, know people more and trust people more and care for people more, have each other's backs, be more prepared for situations where we might need to lend a helping hand to another individual. These compassionate ideas, I feel, are all in alignment with the ideas that liberty and specifically morality, because you can talk all day you want about liberty and lesser government and lowering taxes and all these kinds of things, but really what it comes down to is eliminating any sort of violent, forceful, coercive system or group of people uh, in your life and connecting with people who you live near, in your community, engaging with your community. And so Derek is the man about all of this stuff, and he is a guy that has gone through a lot of shit and has had a journey of himself, a journey of 
discovery and discovering the inner power that resides within him, the power to make choices. And I'm really inspired by the work that he does. And I, I really, I can't wait to go and check out uh, his talk on this Decentralize Your Life tour. Um, pick up his books, The Conscious Resistance. Go to his website, check it out. Check out all the, the thoughts and ideas that this guy is, is putting out there into the world. These are the kinds of people that we need to be paying attention to. These are the kinds of people that are coming up with new innovative solutions in order to you know, separate from the powers that be and create our own power and create our own community and connect back with people and live a more human life. Well, I'm not going to go on anymore about Derek Bros and how awesome he is and all the great work that he's doing. Like I mentioned, co-authoring three books with John Vibes. And uh, go and get those books. The Conscious Resistance uh, is his website. Decentralize Your Life is his tour. And we're going to get into all these things and more on this episode of Mike Adelic. And everybody, thank you so much for all your kind words. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your tweets. Thank you for your Instagram posts, your Facebook likes, your shares. Just thank you. I mean, seriously, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, for everybody that listens to this podcast, it's like, you know, we're trying to move the needle in a different direction. We're trying to change the game. You know, we're trying to to live a better life. And I think, you know, Derek is a guy who's about my age. We're, you know, the older group of the millennial generation. And, you know, we're going to inherit this world. This is our world. This is our time. And, you know, start putting things into action that really serve humanity and, and make us more free and loving and caring and sharing and, and compassionate to, to coexist with each other in, in a harmonious, voluntaristic way. And you guys are a part of that. You guys are all a part of this journey. So thanks for all your support, your kind words, your feedback, your messages. And uh, if you really enjoy the show, you know what to do. Go to iTunes. and just. Leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Just take out your phone, go to the podcast app, search for Mike Adelic. You'll see it there. It'll say, you know, leave a review and just uh, click on that. You can, you can actually just leave a rating if you'd like. Currently, right now, we have 51 five-star ratings and reviews. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you to everybody that's left those and people who continue to do so. It really helps the show. It helps the show grow. It helps us attract bigger and better guests. It helps, uh, it helps get more notoriety on these, what I consider to be uh, important topics, you know, not just uh, fascinating topics or kind of important topics, but, you know, there's a reason why I, uh, I guess, do this show and talk about the things that I talk about. It's because I feel deeply passionate about them. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, is it, could this show go mainstream? I, I, I'm not sure. But I really think that the, the, the issues that we talk about in this show are of deep importance and, you know, just very important things, big ideas, big topics, you know, life changing, world changing. I mean, that's that's what really gets me going. So uh, I want to get more into it. You know, I want to put more time, more effort, more money into it. And, uh, you know, the way to help the show grow is just to leave ratings and reviews, share it with your friends. And if you want to go an extra step further supporting us on Patreon. You could just go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, you know, two dollars a month, three, four, five, whatever you want. I have a whole list of rewards on Patreon. Go check it out. I wrote a kind of detailed description about, you know, what what the show's about and, and everything. And look, and this is how, you know, this ties into this episode we're doing today because this is independent media. This is as independent as you could possibly get. I mean, everything is done by me. And, uh, you know, so we need all the help we can get to, to fund things that we love, to grow things that have a meaning and an impact in our lives and other people's lives. And if you feel that this show does that, then, then please, you know, help support it and, and help make it grow. Um, and, you know, really, that is the way forward. That is what we're going to be getting at in our conversation today uh, is talking about these ways in which we can just take control of our lives and create the reality that we want to create literally in the here and now. This is our time now to do that, you know, and, uh, and we can actually figure out ways to collaborate together in, in an effort to connect more with each other and to 
start to build new things that are actually serving us as people and serving us as individuals and being not being dependent upon anybody else but being reliant on ourselves to to make this you know to to create this this new existence this new version of reality this new space you know the environment is malleable and as soon as we start to realize that as soon as we start to wake up and realize that that we don't we're not just passively accepting you know this television channel of reality that we could actually choose to turn this station off and we can tune into another one um but it it, it takes really kind of educating people waking people up and you know getting people on board with that because when we we all have the self-interest to make things awesome for ourselves like I'm doing this show and you know our guest today Derek he's doing you know certain things that he's promoting as well and so everybody is is self-motivated to create things but together when that self-motivated interest comes together and adds up that's when something really beautiful happens that's when you have this spontaneous voluntary action of harmonious exchange and transaction taking place. You know, when people are educated to understand that that's how we're going to bring about an, an environment in which we really are excited to live in, uh, an, an environment that, that is just more fun and more enjoyable and less stressful and, and less filled with anxiety and less filled with force and abuse and coercion and all of these terrible things that I feel is unnecessary, and I know uh, our guest today also feels are unnecessary as well. And so there's alternatives out there, there's options out there, there's real things that we can do to make a real difference in our lives and the lives of people around us that we care about and build new ways of doing things. And that's what this country is all about, right? I mean, pioneering, revolutions, building new ways, innovations. You know, we, we, we cheer and, and we celebrate all the tech innovations that happen, new apps and new gadgets and new tech innovations, all honoring this material world. But we need to get back to honoring the world of ideas, the world of thought, the world where everything stems from inside of our minds. And that's why I love this concept of the conscious resistance so much, consciously choosing to step away from people that would want to exert force and control on you, realize that the power resides within you, and then making the conscious choice to do something, to act in accordance with the way that you believe is the truest, most meaningful way to live. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. Rebuilding your life, rebuilding your community, rebuilding your environment to function for you, to serve you, to work with you, not against you, and to live in more compassionate and caring communities. Communities that can extend all across the world now with the way that the, the, our technology uh, can, can facilitate that. Our technology is, can, can make that be, you know, we hear so much, we hear about technology and trolls and online this and that, but it's such a wonderful connecting device where we have the ability now to share our thoughts and feelings and our emotions and our minds and everything with all the people across the world. And that is really the way that we are going to know each other and understand each other. And when we know each other and we understand each other, that's when we will have less fear of, of each other. And when we, when we learn more and we grow more together and we accept our, our fate as human beings, as mortal human beings on this earth, I think that we can actually come into our, our humanity more and we can start to look at new ways of doing things, new ways of organizing society, new ideas to implement into the culture. And it's not just a one-sided thing. It's not just about who makes the most money. It's not just about who invents the next best smartphone. It's about how we can all live with our with our with our meat bag that we call our body, with our brains that we call our minds, you know, with the with the organs and cells in our body that's pumping blood and delivering oxygen to to certain areas, how we can live with our heart beating and with our, you know, our eyes scanning and all this stuff, all the emotions, all the sensory input data that we feel 
all the thoughts that are running through our head on a daily basis. How can we put those all into alignment to live to, in, 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 in more of an environment that is, you know, <laughs> that is shared amongst like-minded individuals? That is another beautiful thing about, you know, and I've gone on and on about this stuff, so I'm going to cut it short and introduce our guest in just a second. But, you know, when you understand the ideas of liberty, when you understand the ideas that the moral understanding that everybody should have the right to do whatever they, they wish as long as they're not causing any harm to anybody else, that it's just such a beautiful idea because you allow for such diversity to exist. This isn't, we're not prescribing any other idea here other than peace, non-aggression, and respect. And when you have peace and non-aggression and respect, then you can have a better world. Isn't that what everybody wants? Everybody wants to improve themselves in some way. Everybody wants to get their next fix, to get their next, you know, feeling of accomplishment, you know, for themselves and for, you know, the, the, the world, the, the show that's going on outside of our, sh- our show, inside of our minds. So, so I think that our guest today, Derek Bros, has some fantastic ideas on how to implement real solutions to real problems that are existing in our lives right now, on a mental level, on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, on a physical level. And he's bringing those ideas out into the public and, to, and expanding on them live, trying to reach all of, all of you folks and everybody else that he's going to come in contact with when he goes on his Decentralize Your Life Tour. So check that out, the Decentralize Your Life Tour, and go to Derek's website, theconsciousresistance.com. And without further ado, hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Derek Bros. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Resistance, finding freedom in an age of confusion, and the newest one, Manifesto uh, of the Free Humans. And uh, Derek also has a tour coming up very soon, the Decentralize Your Life Tour, uh, sponsored by Bitcoin. So that's pretty awesome. Derek, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So, so please uh, tell me. Uh, you know, you have. It sounds like you have a lot going on. Um, you have this new uh, book out, co-authored with uh, John Vibes, um, the Manifesto of the of the Free Humans. So, what's that one all about? Uh, so, as you mentioned, uh, this is my third book. They're together. They're collectively known as the Conscious Resistance Series, which is also the name of my <clears throat> my website, uh, the Conscious Resistance Network. And uh, before this book was sort of the the name for the philosophy that me and John Vibes put together and espouse within these books. Uh, Manifesto of the Free Humans, specifically, its role in the trilogy as the last book <clears throat> is to serve as a, a type of DIY, do-it-yourself uh, guidebook, a handbook, if you will, on how to escape the state, how to vacate the state, and not just how to go run away and hide uh, from the various power centers that exist in our world today, but also uh, 
to create new things, to create new institutions uh, and new economics and, and new community uh, power and just new ways of living that serve the people, actually serve the people and the health of the people, um, not just the, the uh, whims of the people uh, and who put themselves in power. <clears throat> so uh, that being said, the book is what John and I consider to be um, the mind of our philosophy, so to speak. So the first book is uh, Reflections on Anarchy and Spirituality, and it's a, a pretty all-encompassing book. I mean, they're all only about a little bit over 100 pages each. But as far as topics, in the first book, we cover a very uh, a broad ground of, of, of topics and, and discussion, m mainly centering around the idea that um, the institutions and the belief systems that predate organized religion and the, the, the institutions and the belief systems and the methods of organizing that predate the current uh, state paradigm that we know in both areas there, we see uh, anti-authoritarianism, we see ind independence, we see individuality, we see freedom. Uh, but along uh, throughout history, various political and religious institutions were able to enshrine themselves into various uh, positions of power and to tell people only through our gods or through our books or through our priests or our churches are you able to get to the he to heaven or to this age of enlightenment or this you know this peaceful place whereas the state and its institutions say that uh, when it comes to the physical world that only through them can we achieve freedom or security and, and things of that nature so we see both in the physical and in the spiritual realm that there are institutions vying for control and for manipulation and the book looks at the first book looks at that and then tries to tie together, um, you know, the history of anarchism and the history of uh, beliefs like shamanism and just spirituality from around the world that predates most organized religions or even the beginning of organized religions like Christianity and shows how uh, these these uh, systems were originally rooted in freedom and individuality and anti-authoritarianism, and they have been changed over time. And then we also look at topics like psychedelics, we look at meditation, uh, we look on a whole range of topics. So we consider that first book to be the, the body of, uh, of the, our work because it encompasses everything that we touch on um, in, our, in the next two books and, and just throughout our, our talks and such. The second book, Finding Freedom in an Age of Confusion, we consider it to be the heart because it is the essays in that book are uh, more coming from the emotional center, the heart-centered uh, place, in the sense that it's a collection of essays that are written for the individual who is going through uh, a variety of changes in their life. Um, the, you know, when you start to question the systems of power that exist in the world around you, when you start to question government or, uh, you know, school and education and just the authority figures that you've been taught to trust, and you start to research the world for yourself, sometimes people, you know, they describe it as like an awakening process. And throughout that process, you might experience fear, or anger, or frustration, or, uh, you know, sadness as you try to speak to the people closest to you about the things that you have come to know and uh, be concerned with. And often they are uh, dismissive of people or they think individuals are crazy or what have you. So people can feel very alone. And this set of essays in Finding Freedom in an Age of Confusion is written for that, that stage, that sort of period of uh, helping people recognize that they're not alone, that they are uh, full of a vast amount of potential if they choose to seize it. And so it's exploring the, the issues in the world today from less of the political background and more of like the emotional uh, center, the emotional standpoint. Um, and also the second half of that book looks at meditation, it looks at positive affirmations and, and some of these other type of tools. And so those first two, they outline all the topics, they give you the uplifting kind of heart-centered, you know, hopefully inspirational thoughts that you need. And then it comes to the final book to Manifesto of the Free Humans, which we would say is the mind of it all because it's the more practical, here are steps, here's what we do in Houston, here's what I've been doing over the last seven years of activism. Here are practical steps that you can take to create more freedom and more prosperity in your community. And that's what we focus on uh, in Manifesto of the Free Humans. And I should mention that they're all available to download for free at theconsciousresistance.com slash books. They're on Amazon. They're all on all those usual places. But we did make them available to download for free because we want the information to get out. And if people want to download them and then check them out and then order, that's cool as well. But mainly we just want the ideas to be uh, 
to be spread and then to discussed and if they're of value, which we believe they are, to be applied. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I have to say, you know, it's it's very appealing to someone like me who is coming at these all these ideas, uh, you know, and a lot of my listeners as well who, uh, you know, feel like, oh, you know, I don't really fit in this, you know, libertarian camp, or I don't necessarily fit in this specific label in this camp, or, you know, just this psychedelic field, or just this spiritual meditation field. So I like what you're doing when you're combining all these things and, you know, reading the book and, and, and sharing your experiences and your journey uh, is very powerful because you've been there uh, and John has been there and you guys are now sharing that with people. And, I, and you know, the, the meditation uh, aspect of it, I mean, it's your logo, it's your symbol. I can't think of anything that is more powerful for an individual that, that speaks volumes for freedom and kind of liberation of oneself and living in a free world. So, so kudos to you on, on all that and, and what you're bringing to the table with all this stuff. Talk to me a little bit about um, this Decentralize Your Life tour that you have coming up. This sounds pretty, pretty <clears throat> exciting. This is a country, a, a, a nationwide tour, and uh, you know, me- mentioning, uh, focusing on kind of, I guess, some of the things that I was just talking about, you know, meditation and and uh, agorism, permaculture, freedom cells. These are the the things that you talk about in your books and and when you give speeches. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. And I know you're also you're going with the Houston uh, Free Thinkers, so you guys are all traveling together. What's that What's that tour going to look like? When's that starting? And and tell me a little bit about kind of the goals and and things you hope to to do on that tour. Absolutely, thanks. So the big goal of this tour. Um, well, for one, it, it, the the ultimate goal, the the reason it's even necessary or vital, I feel, to hit the road and to spend my time and energy spreading this message is because the ideas that I was just <clears throat> discussing, the the ideas that we promote in the three books, um, I feel like John and I have been able to put together what we were trying to say and in a cohesive manner and to get the ideas out there. And now that that's done. You know, we don't want the books to just sit there. Um, my hope is that over time, you know, they become uh, more well known, and you know, uh, I have no hopes of them becoming New York Times bestsellers or anything like that. But my goal is that they will stick around long enough to influence some people and hopefully spark a, a movement towards actually taking action. Um, and w- now we're working on translations of the books, so it just seemed natural that if we want to get the message out there, that we need to take it to the pe- the people especially because the new book deals with uh, the concept of freedom cells that you just mentioned and um, and which I'll explain in just a moment. Uh, yeah. And that it's a, it's a concept that really needs to be, I don't want to say explained in person, but I do feel like there's a benefit to me taking everything I've learned in Houston activism, being involved here. I work with the Houston Freethinkers. That's the activist community I founded in 2010 when I went through my uh, awakening process, so to speak. And, uh, started the conscious resistance a couple years later when I realized that both my activist self and my spiritual self that practice meditation and these sort of practices, I, I couldn't separate them anymore. So the message came together and now the conscious resistance, Houston Freethinkers, we do a lot of similar things. We work together with a lot of people in Houston and I live in the Freethinker house, which is a community space where I live with two other guys. We have a community garden here where we host monthly events, we do documentary screens, we have benefit shows for various causes, survivors of human trafficking, uh, food not bombs, whatever the issue that the group of people, the Houston Freethinkers, when we have meetings, whoever shows up and says, hey, I'm concerned with this, I want to help out in this way, we'll use our energy, our social media, our, our, our network to promote this concept or to do what we can to raise awareness, to raise money, things like that. So the house is essentially the hub for what has become the concept of freedom cells, which is just a group, a small group of people, ideally eight people together, working for mutual aid, mutual purposes, coming together to either share skills, share knowledge, resources, um, emergency response, emergency preparedness, protection, defense. I mean, the the concept is unlimited. I really invite everyone to check out freedomcells.org to get uh, a lowdown on all the videos. There's a uh, tons of videos I've done out there over the last year and a half of promoting this concept. And it's a private social network that you can join just like any others, but it's designed specifically to show you where people are in proximity to you, what their skills are, what their interests are, so that we can meet in the real world face-to-face and then create more of these freedom cells and start to create this network that I was describing earlier. Instead of trying to vote the people out, instead of trying to achieve, uh, think that we can achieve our goals through violence, 
we create institutions that actually serve the health of the people. And um, that is a part of an idea known as agorism, counter-economics. These are a big part of my message in the tour. And, I, and freedom cells are one of, at least one of the mechanisms we believe will allow us to build local power in our communities and then actually start creating networks and services that aren't dependent on the government or corporate power and can actually help the people. And then if we all start doing this, localizing around the country, we're going to see some rapid change. And we'll also get to the point where those of us who are like-minded, we can travel, we can meet other people who can plug us into where the community spaces are, where the um, <clears throat> farmer's markets are, and where the community gardens are, and where you can go deal in alternative currencies or barter networks and really create something that can parallel and rival the unsustainability of the state. So having said all that, I recognize that the best way to do that, to spread that, is to just come to communities and to, to visit myself. So this tour, the Decentralize Your Life tour, it's part a promotion of the new book, Manifesto of the Free Humans, but I really I hasten to not call it a, I hasten to call it a, a book tour because it's not, it's trying to bring together everything that the conscious resistance represented to me when I first came up with that mm -hmm. concept or that phrase, and that is bringing together physical awareness, uh, uh, an awareness of the physical world that we live in right now and political institutions and government and stuff like that, as much as a spiritual awareness, a more deeper sense of awareness. And also, I'm very much involved in Houston with uh, music. I'm a music promoter as well, so I work with a lot of musicians and artists. And as I mentioned, we put on benefit shows. We recognize that if we're going to get this message out there, we also have to we have to reach you know the youth as they say but and you do it through music you do it through art and you do it by changing the culture so instead of promoting and depending on creating uh, or relying on a culture that tells people that they need the government or that they need the corporate institutions or the, all these sort of uh, uh, these these parasitic state of mind that really gets bred into people because i don't know if everybody recognizes all the time that one way or another you're going to be programmed mm -hmm. every single day of your life you know you can get in control of your mind you can get into meditation you can get into getting to know yourself on a deeper level so that you are the master of your own mind and of that area and nobody else can dominate deceive you or fool you and by doing so you become stronger you get to know what freedom really means to you what that looks like to you you become an all around healthier happier human being uh so we're taking those concepts of bringing spiritual awareness uh awareness of politics music art meditation and we're and um counter institutions we're taking that message on the road and i'm going to be explaining basically doing workshops on freedom cells freedom cells factor in very, very heavily to the new book um and the goal is with each stop, I mean, I'm really excited about it because for one, I should mention that the tour, we just got funded as of like last week officially by Bitcoin.com. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. That's because, big, yeah. You know, I mean, we, this is, I have a couple of friends who've toured the past few years doing not the same message, but something similar. Mainly they're focused, they're parents, so they're focused on like peaceful parenting, unschooling, and cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So they, they helped us and helped me outline the, my, the vision of what I wanted to do with this. <clears throat> and uh, they've been real supportive, and they helped connect me to Bitcoin.com, and those guys who are like, everything you guys are about, we support, and that's why we're willing to do this. So to me, it's really a humbling, uh, powerful experience. Like, wow, I'm, you know, they're going to pay for all of our costs so that we can travel the country and spread this message and this idea because they believe in it that much. you know. And we're going to be doing it with cryptocurrency. So don't even have to feed into the Federal Reserve System or feed into the institutions that we're trying to fight, which would defeat its purpose ultimately in the long run. Right. Right. If, yeah. If we're just feeding back into that same system. Right. So, yeah. You're, um, you're, you're, each, you're doing each, an excellent uh, job, I must say, of just making, you know, this is what, what, you know, just to kind of clue people in a little bit on further onto what you're about and, and what you're doing is really designing new ways of doing things, new solutions that makes the, the parasitical nature of the state obsolete and all of its kind of crony uh, partners and things like that. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's truly excellent that that you're that's fully funded by Bitcoin and everything. That's getting getting out of that that matrix grid, so to speak. Yeah, no, and that's and that's a big part of what we're doing. We're trying to make this as consistent as possible. So, I just want to mention, you know, the the main element of each of the tour. Which, by the way, anybody listening who wants to see where we're going to be at, go visit theconsciousresistance.com/tour, and you can see 
um, all of the the updates in the cities that we're visiting and such. But every city that we go to, we really didn't want to just come in and say, "Look, I, we've got all the answers. Come pay attention to us. Talk." Um, you know. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not downing anybody who just does a, a speaking tour that just comes and and they say their message and they leave. But again, and being consistent with what the message of the conscious resistance is, and and this message of creating something better than the institutions that we have now, we wanted to be able to actually give to each community that we're visiting. Mm-hmm. So a part of that is going to be uh, what we're calling action days. So every city. So we're going to we're starting in Houston, where I'm from. Uh, starting June 1st, and then we're going all around Texas, and then we're going the West Coast, Midwest over the summer, and then October we'll be hitting the East Coast. Um, but every city we visit, we'll be doing action days where we're going to visit either a community garden or go do some homeless outreach of some kind or a park cleanup or you know some kind of project that we can come participate in and invite others who are in the city as well to come, um, you know, to come join us if they if they like. And then in the evening, we'll be doing the actual speaking event, which is going to open up with 15 minutes of meditation led by my partner, Miriam. Then my two housemates here at the Freethinker House, they're going to talk about their experience with the Houston Freethinkers and what we do in the house, how we use this as a a space to promote freedom cells. And then I'll be giving my presentation, a really in-depth presentation on freedom cells. And hopefully there will be enough people at most of the events that we can basically help create new freedom cells if there aren't some already there uh, and help people get organized. And then the housemates are going to perform music. They have a band as well together. So we'll end each night with music. So every event is going to include community uh, uh, volunteering and showing what a voluntary society could look like in action by taking action ourselves and not waiting for anybody else. It's going to include meditation. It's going to include information, really important information that can help you create more freedom in your community. And then it's going to include music. So that's what we're bringing to every, we're doing 52 cities so far. Uh, Well, I think that's pretty much where we're going to end up at. And it starts in just under four weeks now. We'll be doing our Houston kickoff event and then starting the Texas portion. And then we really get going for six weeks straight in July, which is going to be pretty intense, but we're really excited about it. Um, As I said, I think that the words are out there. The message is out there. I've got it for free. I'm working on getting it translated. I'm working on audiobooks. I'm doing everything I can to get the information out there because I think it's important, not because it's going to make me any money or anything like that. But these are ideas that I think have uh, value. And if more people hear them and everybody who has heard them and who discovers the concept of freedom cells and such seems very excited about it. I've met people from all around the world. I've been contacted by people all around the world who say, we call it something else or you know, we're doing this already. We don't have a name for it, whatever it may be, but they understand the concept of, yeah, let's just get together and let's build something better than what we've been shown. Let's not just wait for it. Let's do it ourselves. And we're just trying to do our part to put that message out there. And the tour is a big part of it. So yeah, once again, the Decentralize Your Life tour, it's going to be uh, promote, uh, sponsored by Bitcoin.com and Hopefully some other websites. We're still waiting to hear back different companies and looking for people who want to work on a similar message with us. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait till till you guys get to New York. I'll be I'll be in attendance there, and who knows, maybe I'll be able to get out to another city and and go before you get to to here in October. But yeah, that sounds great because you know there's there's so many. I mean, there's you know what you're doing, it, you know, kind of the way that you're living your life and the and the things that you're involved in here is really kind of setting an example for a way that we all can can get together and and form these kind of communities that I feel like so many people are desperate to be a part of. Communities of like-minded people living in a way that 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 communicates, you know, right to the center of the heart and mind of 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 being a human being. And so I, I think that's really, really excellent. And um yeah, tell if you want, you, you know, you talked a little bit about how you were going to give this presentation about freedom cells and this is kind of a newer concept that you're you've been working on that you've been talking about. Um, do you want to give a little a uh, little taste of of what that might look like? Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, so, so freedom cells again. I just want to recommend everybody check out freedomcells.org. Go ahead, go ahead there and join for free. And the, I mean, I got to say first off that it's been it's been about a year and a half of us promoting this, and it's so it's so great to see um, the growth. You know, really just being able to see individuals post their own uh you know reports from their freedom cells or one of the cities in salt lake city they call them their group of freedom hive 
Hmm. So people give them different names, freedom hubs, whatever. It really doesn't matter as long as they're getting organized and doing things that are beneficial in their community. But just to have people tell me, hey, I joined last year and there was like one or two dots near me because it'll show you on a map how many people are within 10 miles of you, 50 miles of you, 100 miles of you and what their skills are and everything. And as I said, hopefully to get people to connect and, and actually work together. But now people are like, oh, wow, my area has a lot more dots. There's more people joining. The, the more I give these interviews and the more I promote the idea, and as the book grows, the concept is growing. And it's going to lead to what we call the Freedom Cell Network. But essentially, imagine that you have yourself and seven other individuals uh, who are of like mind. Obviously, they don't need to be exact replicas of you to work together on common goals. Um, one of the ways we've used this is we would get together our core group of people and say, let's make sure that everybody here in our core group has three months worth of backup supply of food. Let's make sure that everybody here has an encrypted form of communication for us to communicate safely with. Let's make sure that everybody here has uh, the ability to use a firearm proficiently or some form of self-defense, whatever your group decides. Um, Let's make sure that, um, uh, you know, everybody got backup food. Oh, everybody has like a, a bug out slash emergency bag for any kind of emergency, whatever it may be. So that's like thinking about the freedom self and preparedness. Mm -hmm. And then you think, okay, well, education, let's, uh, let's meet up and let's all divide. Let's this, say this month, we want to learn everything we can about, um, about communism or permaculture or whatever sort of topic that you're interested in learning for whatever reason. You say, okay, hey, you guys take this this uh, this year through this year. You take this topic and deal with this, and then let's come back and teach each other in two weeks everything we learned. So you're sharing knowledge. Uh, you do you do skill shares to make sure that everybody in your group knows CPR. Everybody in your group knows how to build a fire. Everybody uh, in your group uh, again the encrypted encrypted app. So you're thinking in in terms of preparedness. Uh, you're thinking in terms of education um, and sh skill sharing because this. What this allows is the knowledge and the power is diffused among your, your core group of eight there. Eight to ten is what we're saying is ideal. And the idea being that too many people uh, makes it a little bit too disorganized and too little people makes it difficult to do certain tasks. And I, eight seems to be a pretty functional number for these small groups uh, to work together. So you've got preparedness, you've got education, you've got skill sharing. And I imagine a future in which we could use these groups for uh, coordinated, organized neighborhood defense, uh, especially in conjunction with apps like Cell 411, the Cell 411 Emergency Preparedness app, which is like 911, but it allows individuals to join and create cells, just like we talk about freedom cells. So you can go on there. There's a Houston Freethinker public cell. Anybody can join. You can create one in your community where anybody can come join. And then once they join, you can send out an alert like, hey, I got a flat tire. Or, hey, there's a fire. Or hey, I just have a general alert. Like I sent out one earlier today to say, hey, we're going to be giving out free food tonight to the homeless. Anybody's around wants to come help out, here we are. Uh, and it goes out to everybody in our cell. Uh, it can also be used when you're getting pulled over or if you're getting abused or if you, you know, the, the app allows you to live stream directly through it as well wow. in case you need to live stream something uh, that might happen. So using these various decentralized apps and websites, freedomcells.org, cell411.com, you can get to the point of defending yourself. And what we imagine is if a CPS officer, child protective services officer comes into a community because they don't like that an individual smokes a plant or they don't like their religious beliefs or they don't like the way that they raise their children as far as health is concerned, and they say, we're here to take that child and give them to the state, individuals could send out emergency alerts and then you have not just one freedom cell, because the goal is that you start your freedom cell, and once you've got that, like a pretty solid group, and you're working on all these skills, encourage every individual within there to turn around and create another freedom cell. So then you've got eight groups of eight to ten people, eighty to a hundred people spread across one little area, you know. And as this starts to happen, those are going to become some some uh, groups with some power and some influence and some weight. So you could send out an alert that says, "Hey, CPS is here to try to take our baby," and then all the freedom cells show up and peacefully but assertively resist and say we're not going to allow this to happen hmm. or uh, a police officer is beating somebody down and uh, you know it's unjust it's a it's a it's a it's a violation of their rights and individuals instead of just standing there and videotaping they step in and they say hey we don't want we don't want to fund this we don't want our tax dollars to go towards this you're you're no longer welcome 
Houston Police Department, you're no longer welcome in our community. We're going to defend our own community. We're going to take care of our own communities. And I know this sounds very radical and we're not at this point yet, but I do think that if we're ever going to achieve a more free world, we actually got to consider and and think about how we are going to defend our communities, not only against common criminals, but criminals that wear government and police uniforms as well, like because they come in all all shapes and sizes and and badges and things like that. So we have to actually think about uh, defense, and I think that's further down the line. But the reality is it's already happening. We've seen this happen in Detroit, where the Detroit Water Brigade and other groups that are fighting the corporatization and the the theft of uh, residential uh, water because people owe a couple hundred dollars and they can't catch up on their bills because of economic downturn. Meanwhile, corporations own millions, uh, owe millions of dollars and their water is still allowed to, to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will, will form essentially freedom cells, but they call them groups of angels is what they call them. Mm-hmm. And they'll link arms and surround a house when the trucks kind of try to come turn off the water. And they've been successful in, in rejecting them and stopping them. And there's also countless examples of it happening sort of uh, spontaneously. And you see YouTube videos of like a community kicking a cop out or something. But it's, it's disorganized and it could end badly. But if we take this, this structure and we do things like role playing, how would your community act if this happened in front of you? How, who's going to be, somebody's going to be the cop coming in to be causing problems or the CPS agent or whatever. And you be the victim. And then everybody else show up as a freedom cell. How do we respond to that in a way that we can have coordinated and not get anybody killed or hurt and, and, and have a peaceful resolution? So it's a concept that really has unlimited potential, whether it comes to preparedness, knowledge sharing, skill sharing, defense. Um, I imagine you know some of my friends who are parents and into peaceful parenting and homeschooling, they've talked about having freedom cells, little core groups for parents to rely on and for, for their own needs. So it's it's essentially just this structure, you know, it's a type of mutual aid group and what it is and what it becomes depends on each individual. We we are putting out some ideas, we put out some of these ideas in the book and we put some of the ideas out on the website and in the videos I've done, but it's such a uh, an individual concept that what it looks like in one community may look completely different in another community. Mm-hmm. But we believe this is a, st- a structure and a concept that can allow us to bring back some independence into our neighborhoods and into our communities. And again, with the whole idea of creating your core group and then turning around and creating more groups that then they start to interlock and they start to create a larger network where resources can be shared and, and knowledge can be shared. And you can have a whole network of people who are using cryptocurrency or who are using some non-status currency or create a barter network or what have you, you know, and then these start to grow and then using uh, these various apps and websites we can get out there, we can travel, we can connect to other people who will tell us, uh, you know, where the other freedom cells are, where our people are, where we can find uh, non-status, non-corporatist resources and, and, and businesses to support and individuals to support, things like that. And that's really what we're trying to do. And that, again, it gets back to the tour. That's the, the goal of what the tour and the books and the message that I'm going to be bringing at each stop is going more in depth to that and that idea i'd like to do some role playing so if there is enough people at each stop then i'll say like hey who here is interested in being a part of a freedom cell let's step up and and i have also a video out there uh, that i talk about and it's in the book as well it's called uh, 10 tips for uh, creating a freedom cell and those are just 10 basic tips i'll probably go more in depth into that as far as you know these are i've i've kept detailed notes on what i've learned and what i've been involved with here in Houston and how we've used this and what's worked and what hasn't worked so I'm just going to put forth my my best vision on how that can be uh, applied and how individuals in all situations, because I'm 32 years old, not married, no kids, relatively free to go and come and go as I please. I don't have a you know a day job in the sense of being tied down. I'm I'm a freelance journalist, so I can I have a, a relative bit of freedom. I know everyone's not going to be in my position, and the the idea of uh, freedom cells and, and all this is really something that we think people can apply and can use in their lives regardless of their situation. And that's what I want to help illustrate to people. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's awesome, man. And I I could just think like, you know, if we can get uh, enough people to kind of join in on this and participate in this or or even just entertain this idea, you know, and just be open to this kind of thing, I think that will be really tremendous because, you know, I think uh, Americans have a tendency to think, well, you know, it can't happen here. You know, we see something happening like in Venezuela or places like that. And, you know, uh, we know the power of the state. We know what they have. But if we're prepared and we have little kind of, you know, when you say cells, I think of like cells in the body, you know, like, uh, like, like little like, exactly. or, you know, like, yeah, like 
just like rushing, you know, the state kind of like, you know, shoots you with a gun and then puts a bandaid on it. And then the freedom cells come and they, you know, use all their <laughs> like <laughs> antibody that. stuff to, to get it, you know, get it out. And no, stuff. that's exactly what we're, you know, the, the, con- the, the phrasing comes from two things. One is that the state <clears throat> since 9-11, they've talked about like terror cells, you know, terrorism and this and that. And, uh, and if you look at warfare, set, having cells, right. hidden covert cells is kind of a it's, it's a, it's a long held tactic. So for one, we want to reclaim the language and be like, okay, we're cells of people, of groups of people coming together to be about freedom. You know, they, they talk about terrorism and darkness. We're about uh, essentially love, you know, peace and and freedom and trying to help establish that for everyone. But also it is exactly with what, what you're saying is that each cell is like the individual cells in your body that have a purpose and are beautiful and powerful and, and, and doing their own job. But together they create this larger organism. So mm-hmm. each of our cells, each of our freedom cells or hives or hubs or whatever we call them are, are going to be autonomous and independent all to their own. There's no uh, you know, freedom cell management trying to direct every, you know, every group or anything like that. Uh, so they're all equally valuable, but together we can create something that is, you know, much more powerful than each of us can, uh, individually. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's, that's definitely true. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I have tend like, I, I, I've been reading a lot of stuff that has been talking about the state and the and you know corporations and you know just the kind of the the big banks and all this stuff is being these kind of like super organisms that have just been so run amok and out of control um but if yeah if we can kind of create local decentralized peer to peer kind of networks of sharing and and caring and loving uh people coming together to to do what's right for for each other and for the community i think that's that's kind of where we want to be and thank god that we have uh, the technology to do it these days, because without the technology, uh, it would be a lot more difficult, I think. So, so the good thing that, uh, that we're able to utilize that. Um, so that's really cool. That's really exciting. So maybe, maybe I want to take it back a little bit and, you know, who knows, maybe we should have started the podcast this way, but whatever, we're here anyway. So how did you get into all this, Derek? You know, I think I saw you speak, I was at the um, in New York at one of the uh, New York Liberty Fest events. I think I saw you speak around maybe 2013 or something like that. Um, how did you, how did you, I remember it was, it stuck out in my mind because you were so different from everybody else there. And I know Adam Kokesh was there and a couple other people were there that, uh, that, that, that spoke as well. But I remembered you, you gave a talk that was very interesting. How did you get into this whole thing? Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really, I'm, thrilled that you saw me speak there. Uh, I think you're talking about Anarchy and NYC in 2013. That was actually my first uh, talk outside of just doing things in Houston. And um, it was, I was pretty nervous because I had just met John Vibes, my co-author, about a year or so before that. And I think, I'm not even sure at that time if we had even decided we were going to write a book yet. It was just like, we realized we both had an interest in anarchism and voluntarism and shamanism and spirituality and psychedelics and stuff. And so I, he would come on my podcast and we would just knock these ideas around until it eventually became um, what it is now. But in that process, you know, I, I got asked to come to speak at Anarchy and NYC in New York. And there's, a, you know, Kokesh and Molyneux and some of these other mm-hmm. people who I was inspired by years ago. And who I also knew were very adamant atheists, you know, and I was kind of like, oh God, I'm coming here to talk about shamanism and Buddhism and anarchism. And I don't know how people are going to respond to this, you mm-hmm. know, and I was, uh, it felt like it was like my coming out of the closet type moment, you know, with like, all right, I'm going to just put all my spiritual beliefs out there. And it was because, as I mentioned earlier, that the, uh, uh, my experience coming with up to the phrase of the conscious resistance in summer 2012, I realized that I'd been trying to divide these aspects of myself and that I could no longer do that. You know, I just needed to just be me fully. And that is a spiritual person as much as it is an anarchist uh, and somebody interested in that. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to talk about. This is going to be my first open talk here. And I want to just try to open people's minds to the topic of meditation and shamanism and intersect it with uh you know anarchism and agorism and uh i think that talk's still available on youtube by the way if anybody wants to check it out um and i think that we did i did a reasonable job with that and a lot of that material made it into the first book um but yeah so 
preceding those experiences, you know, I never really thought that I was going to be at this point now where I've got a national tour planned and it's funded and, and it's all about the message I believe in and these kind of things. Uh, it, it's really beyond my wildest uh, imagination because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that sort of like awakening moment when you have that, you're not thinking like, okay, well, I guess now that I'm learning all about how the world's working, I'm going to start an activist group. Then after a couple of years, I'll get involved in journalism and then I'll start doing TV interviews and then I'll write some books and then I'll go on a tour. Yeah, that's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, just, there's no real set path for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just started, I just realized like, wow, the world is not what I thought it is. Like I'm freaking right. out. I need to do something different. I need to talk to people. So I started the Houston Freethinkers community in uh, early 2010, first as a blog. Um, and you know, just started connecting to people. Uh, and, you know, over the last seven years, this is just what we've been doing is holding monthly events and getting it. Whole, I, I have a twice a year music festival called For the Community. It's a very big festival that's it's written about in all the local papers and very well attended where we've been able to actually get beyond just being known as activists. But as I mentioned earlier, working with the music and art community and bringing people, people together. So I don't have to worry about if they've read all the same books I have, or they understand the same concept. We just give them a space to be free and to experience what freedom can be like. And they understand it. Um, so I've just spent all my time doing that, but I really do think that, uh, the the events that led to everything that's taking place now because i'm a big believer in manifestation and even this tour i mean here in the house we the three of us who live here together uh, and my partner we all made vision boards together on how do we envision this space being used what do we want to create here and you know i wrote on that last last october when we first moved in i wrote you know tour taking this message on the road and kind of just do a little picture and stuff and 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 i've I, I've been able to see over the last seven years how manifestation works in my life. I mean, the universe just keeps opening doors for me. None of this was ever planned in any way. Um, but I know that I, in 2005 uh, and uh, the years preceding that, I was 20 years old. I was addicted to crystal meth. I was addicted to uh, just a, a number of different drugs. And I was really kind of going down a crazy path. And I, and I had uh, time on the street, uh, addiction and, and living in a crack house and all this kind of things that ended up with me getting arrested for a possession charge in November 2005, about a week before I turned 21. And I spent 11 months behind bars and I got out and I was out for about five months. I went back for three and then I got out for a year and I went back next. So it ended up being this just three or four year experience of in and out of jail and then prison and eventually getting out with a felony after doing 18 months uh, locked up. And I got out October 2008, about a month before Obama got elected. And it was a really weird time to be out because it was just, I could tell that this guy was important in some way. He was either going to be the Antichrist or he was going to be the savior because everybody had something to say about him. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't very politically active then. I, I was anti-Bush during high school, but I was anti-war. But the only time I've ever voted in my life was I voted for George Bush's cousin, John Kerry, because I thought that was going to be the answer because um, I hadn't quite got it yet. I knew that the war was bad, you know, and I didn't like that. Uh, but it, I didn't really think much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And then I got into drugs and such. And so I put that all on hold. So when I got out of prison and got out um, as a felon now, it's going to the library every day, trying to apply for jobs. And I got to see, you know, just how the whole system treats you once they put that mark on you and, and things like that. I also started reading a lot about the drug war. And that's really just I started to rediscover that I was an intelligent person, that I'd been kind of lost in this cloud of, uh, I mean, I was using drugs because I, I grew up most of my life like dealing with depression and suicide attempts and just not having the tools available to process the things I was dealing with at a very young age and, uh, you know, having a family that has a long history of drug addiction in prison, uh, my father being in prison and things like that. So drugs were a way to escape and to kind of self-medicate. And it took years and years to really understand this. And I, But I got into meditation when I first got locked up. When I first went to prison, I really was just like, I need to figure this out. Like, how did I get here? Why am I taking these steps? Started getting into meditation, into Buddhism. I'd already been into psychedelics before I got locked up. Like, you know, I typically tell people three things that changed my life. Acid, going to prison, um, and then, you know, this whole path that I'm on now. But they're really all, they're, it's all the same path, you know. But mm -hmm. my experiences with psychedelics helped me kind of see that there was definitely another side of the world and just what the mind and the, the five senses could perceive. You know, mm -hmm. I, I felt like, all right, there's definitely something else going on here. And so I, I had this already sense of, I guess, openness to spirituality and got into meditation, got out, 
started reading a lot and then eventually started the free thinkers and then, as i said those those sides of myself have merged to become what the conscious resistance is and i've just been doing it you know man this is just my life now i mean i, I seven days a week i wake up or i try to take some time off because i'm horrible at, about taking time off i'm constantly either you know writing articles i write for activistpost.com the antimedia.org and mint press news i'm either in the field doing you know freelance journalism or like today on mondays i have a, a radio show here in houston uh, called Freethinker Radio with a partner of mine. So I'm either writing articles, doing research, filming new videos, lately just working on this tour, getting all this organized, uh, doing stuff here at the house, hosting local events in Houston, just trying to do whatever I can, you know, as an individual, as an imperfect human being to promote uh, a little bit more kindness and awareness in our world and to just be an example of that, you know, because so many people they don't believe in these ideas because they they've never seen it mm -hmm. and that's that's my vision with um you know with uh with finding with the manifesto of the free humans and with the decentralize your life tour is just okay people think they can't they, these ideas could never happen because they've never seen it well let's put it into action let's show them what it looks like yeah yeah no that's that's what you got to do and it's it's funny because it's like uh, I, I have kind of a similar story almost minus the getting locked up but uh, who knows? There's still time for that to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, LSD definitely played a role in kind of opening me up. You know, it's like kind of a gateway to a whole new way of thinking and and you know, uh, spiritual um, kind of discovery, inner discovery as well. And uh, you know, just that 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 power that you can access the the power that the individual can access to to go within themselves and to discover themselves and then develop that kind of muscle to to manifest what they want is such a powerful thing because if we can get everybody doing that you know and we can lead by example we can create these kinds of new communities where kids like you and 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 me and I'm sure some of my listeners out there you know don't feel like they're lost and 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 don't feel like you know th that we can actually foster environments to to grow fully educated and informed and wise mindful humans right Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to show people in action, you know, because and this is I love the the book writing aspect of what I do. I, lo I love philosophy and, you know, dissecting these complex problems and such. But uh, there's not everybody's going to take that route, you know, and, and people learn by what they see and, and what what they see done in front of them. And uh, I think if we're able to focus more on that and honestly, I've seen uh, plenty of examples of uh, American libertarians or anarchists or freedom-minded people, whatever they want to be called, uh, within that spectrum. Uh, that sometimes I feel lack in the in the area of taking action in their communities. You know, right. they understand these concepts and they talk about it and they say that oh, without the government, all the people would take care of themselves and we would do this. Or if we shrunk down the government, we could just do this. But they don't take any steps to show people that. You know, and that's my main goal is we don't have to wait to some you know, imaginary, hypothetical, fictional place in the future, we can just start showing as much of these ideas in action now as possible. So that's a, that's a big chunk of my work. And, and yeah, I was definitely influenced by psychedelics. I was influenced by my time getting locked up and, uh, you know, meditation and such. And so all of those things combined with my interest in and in freedom and individuality, individuality and anarchist philosophy are what make up my message. Excellent, man. Uh, I know you got to go soon, so I just want to end it with uh, with this right here, and then and then we'll let you go. I want to ask you, like you mentioned that you were kind of nervous, maybe a little bit to talk and kind of put your ideas out there and just say, "Hey, this is what I believe in. This is what's helped me. I'm just going to put it out there." You know, I feel like there there maybe are there's maybe a lot of people out there that may might feel the same way. What's some advice that you can give them to kind of you know come out and and be who they are and kind of let the chips fall where they may and and that sort of thing. That's a great question, man. And I, I definitely appreciate being uh, invited to be a, a guest on your podcast. I was checking out some of your uh, your your work, man, and it looks like you've talked to a, a good amount of people and talked to some friends of mine. So it, it's great to be on here and, and talk with you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, good to have um, you. Yeah. And as far as advice for, for people goes, you know, I think it's it's important. For one, I'll say this, that I've realized over my time as an activist, just as a human being, trying to understand my way through this and understand my my mistakes and, and, and how to become stronger and better through them, is one of the most valuable things we can give to another individual is to create a space. And whether 
that means like a literal physical space, like, you know, a, a little sanctuary, your room where they can come sit down and talk freely or, you know, the therapist's couch, couch or even just through a phone call or a Facebook message or a Skype call or whatever, but creating the space where that individual feels free, excuse me, and comfortable enough to be themselves. They feel able to just totally let go and say, look, this is what's on my mind. This is who I am. They don't have to hold anything back. I mean, imagine how that feels, you know, whether you have that with family or maybe a significant other or, you know, some kind of relationship that you may have. Think of that person in your mind that that makes you feel that way, where you know that you can just completely let go and just be you. You don't have to put on any sort of front and how good that feels to just know like, okay, this person accepts me, you know, for better or worse, or just they accept me as who I am and I can just be me. There's no need to put on any, you know, any sort of show and how good that feels. Yeah. You know, that is something of, of, of immense value. So I think it's important for us, one, to, to work on doing that and being that for other people, but also we got to remember that in line with the whole idea of localizing and through freedom cells and such, the most local you can go is within your own heart and your own mind. So it's got to start with you. You know, I realized in my, my path that I couldn't care about anybody else and want to help anybody else until I cared enough about myself. So I would say if you're trying to uh, feel stronger and more confident about speaking out and just being your true self, try doing that for somebody else. Try giving somebody else that space where they can be free to express themselves and see what that's like to be that. And I'm sure that it will be reciprocated as well. And ultimately, we got to remember that life is too short to give a damn what other people think about, you know what I mean? Like, definitely, yeah. if people have stuff to say, I like to take it in and say, okay, does any of this apply to me? Okay, they said something here, maybe I can work on that, or, you know, that, that might have some value. Or it's like, you know what, the, the things they're saying or their concerns are irrelevant to my purpose and my goals. So, you know, I, I had a, a teacher, an elder tell me, that when you come to times of struggle like this, it's important to ask yourself, who am I, what am I doing, and where am I going? And if you can answer all those questions without a problem, then he said, pay no mind to what other people are saying. So that, that's what I'd offer. Awesome. Awesome piece of advice. Thank you so much for being on the show, Derek. It was a, it was a pleasure and honor to have you on here. And you're an inspiration uh, to us all, all us free thinkers out there wanting to change the world for the better. So. Thank you, my friend, and uh, I'll hope to uh, talk to you soon and maybe even uh, catch up with you soon on your tour. Absolutely, man. Hope to see you on the road. All right. Peace, brother. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five-star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace. not interested in being regulated by the state, manipulated by the state. The state should stand down.